Yes. Okay, so uh, as I mentioned last week, I had started uh, preparing a, uh, a topic that I thought was going to be last week's uh, shear. And then I saw that, uh, that other topic about uh, buying the, uh, the gift cards. So I went in, the, in that direction. Uh, so now we'll go back to the one which I had uh, started to, uh, to look into last week. Uh, and believe it or not, um, you know, by, I guess, a coincidence, we'll have to call it. Uh, so this is something which is uh, Nogea very much for Ellen right now with, uh, with her broken arm, as, uh, as you will see. So let me pull up what we got over here. Um, I'm not sure why I decided that I was interested in this topic, but <laughs> uh, here it is. So as you can see, the title is Washing Hands with a Bandage, it should say, or cast. I'm sorry, bandage of cast. My bad. Presto. Oh. Okay. Now I've got that fixed. So uh, one of the questions which comes up uh, on occasion as we're going to see is a person could get any sort of a sore or any sort of a broken bone or something like that. And as a result of that, part of or all of the hand is covered. And that raises a, a, a common shaila about what are you supposed to do about washing for, uh, for bread. Uh, so for some of us, we may not wash during the week. So it's not going to come up until Shabbos. Uh, for Mel, he told us that uh, a few weeks ago, four weeks ago, I think, that he has uh, bread for breakfast with his grapefruit. So therefore, it's going to be a shaila on a daily basis as far as, uh, as, far as he's concerned. But I thought it'd be worthwhile to go ahead and see what exactly are the, the issues at, uh, at hand, pardon the pun, and what exactly are going to be the, uh, the, uh, the, the way to, uh, to manage when, you know, it's, it's one thing to have a Band-Aid which really comes off and comes back on. It's an entirely different thing when you have a cast on the arm which doesn't really come off, as Ellen is now demonstrating. Uh, it's not a share screen, but it's a share screen, different type of share screen. Okay, so we are going to start over here with, uh, so in the halachas about uh, having to wash before eating, uh, before eating bread, so the Mishabrua gives the following introduction. So before we actually see any of the halachas in Shulchan Aruch, so first we want to see what exactly are the issues going on with, uh, with, um, uh, with washing hands and what needs to be done. And then, then we'll see what, the, uh, what the, 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 uh, the question is. Okay, so Mishabrua writes as follows. And he says, he does this, not, not every simon, but every once in a while, he, uh, the Mishabrua decides that it's probably worthwhile to give an introduction before you actually see any of the halachas so that you'll know what the, uh, what the issues are. So he writes as follows. Because I'm going to begin with a short uh, introduction. And that is, when it comes to a person immersing in the mikvah, whether it's a woman immersing in the mikvah or a man immersing in the mikvah, somebody's going in the mikvah because they are tameh and they want to become tahor. So the halach is, the Torah indicates that you have to make sure that when you're going into the mikvah waters, that you don't have a chatzitza. Chatzitza, I think they often translate it as an interposition, but it means something on the skin, which is going to get in the way of the, uh, the uh, water being able to touch the entire body. So you have to make sure that you don't have a chatzitza. Vahainu, in other words, um, you can't have anything which is stuck on the body at the time that you are immersed in. 
Because if you have, let's say, some glue on your skin, or let's uh, the good old fashioned um, rubber cement, those of us who are old enough to remember playing with rubber cement. So rubber cement is something which you get on the skin. It's gonna prevent water from being able to reach the skin beneath the rubber cement. And in the event that you have such a barrier on the body, between the water and the and, and your body. So that means that the immersion was not valid. It was ineffective, and the person remains in their state of tumor. Now he says, Now, according to the Torah, in order for something to qualify as a chatzitsa, it has to have two characteristics. So the first characteristic is, it has to cover the majority of the body. Now that would be quite a lot of rubber cement. I'm not sure if even a, a whole jar of rubber cement would necessarily cover one's in, uh, the majority of one's body, maybe how, depending on how thin you go ahead and spread it and how big you are. Uh, but midrabanan, and this is something which the, uh, the Gemara tells us in a number of places, that on a rabbinic level, even if you have a chatzitza on a minority of the body, a small part of the body, it's also going to be a chatzitza. It's also going to be problematic. Why? Gzeira to rubo. Because of a gzeira, because it's going to be difficult to differentiate between whether or not it's coming, covering most of the body or it's coming only, or covering only part of the body. So in order to avoid that confusion, no chatzitzas at all. Now this is criteria number two, that in order for something to be a chatzitza midaraisa, it has to be that it's something that people don't want on the body. Something that they're makbid on, that's the term makbid, something that like a, like a dirt or something like that. So dirt is something that generally people are unhappy when it's on the body, when they see that it's there, they wash it off. So in order to be a chatzitz, it has to be something that people are makbid on, as opposed to let's say, um, a person has, uh, you know, technically, if a, uh, uh, if a woman is wearing uh, makeup, so makeup, which is worn lenoy, it's not something that people are mocked on, it's something that people specifically put on. So theoretically, that wouldn't really be a chatzitza because it's something that they, a person wants on their skin rather than not on the skin. But in order, but midrabanan, it has to be something which, even if it's something which covers a, a minority of the body, but it's something that people are mocked on. So even though right now when you're immersing, so you may be, it may be that you want the Band-Aid on your skin because you want to keep the, uh, the, the wound covered, whatever the case is. But still, since generally people are mocked, but not to have bandages on their skin. So that's something which is going to be a, a problem. Aval, but, davar but if it's something that somebody's not mocked, people are not mocked on, it's not going to be a chatzitza unless it covers the majority of the body. Da'az, because then it's going to be rabbinically prohibited. Even if it's something which people, if it's covering the majority of the body, it's going to be a problem even if most people are not mocked. Okay, those parts of the details are not so important. Now, so far, He's been talking about the halachas of chatzitza vis-a-vis the immersion of the body in a mikvah. So we're talking about whole body things. Now he says, Now as far as washing your hand, so gamkein, the same parameters are true. Even though the whole origin of washing hands before eating bread is rabbinic in the first place anyways. 
Still, it's going to follow the same parameters. Why? Because called the ticket Rabbanu came to rise the ticket. Because we have a rule that when Chazal go ahead and uh, uh, um, introduce an enactment, so they do so with the, uh, they try and pattern it to the degree that they can after the Daraisa, after the biblical law. So since over here, Midaraisa, Midarbana, there's going to be parameters about what's allowed to be on the body and what is going to be a chatzitza and invalidates the immersion. So a similar set of halachas, similar set of parameters are going to apply when it comes to washing your hands. Al-Korchach, therefore, if the majority of the hand has something on it, now this you can't have with the, the rubber cement. So if most of your hand is covered with rubber cement, the majority of the place which has to be washed, and we'll see what exactly the definition of that is shortly. So then Asr. So then it's going to be Asr. So if most of your hand is covered, so then you're going to run into a problem when you go ahead and try and wash your hands. And once it's a covering a majority of the hand, it's going to be problematic, even if it's something that most people actually are not even makbid on. But on the other hand, but if it's something which covers only a small part of the hand, a minority of the hand, then it's not going to be problematic. Unless it's something which people generally are unhappy about. As you said, having some sort of dirt or something like that on the hands, most people are mocked on that. So you've got a little bit of dirt on your hands. So that is going to be a problem if you want to wash for hamotzi. And you have to go ahead and you have to clean your hand ahead of time. Now, with that introduction... Can can I ask... One second. He says, okay, now with that background, we can begin to explain shochanach. Yes, sir. So so it seems to say that that it's okay if it doesn't cover the majority and it's something people are not mocked about. Correct. So that would seem to say that if a woman goes to the mikvah with a little bit of makeup on, it's not a problem. Um, right. So it, 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 it certainly does not invalidate the, uh, the thing. So the concern is, the minig is, is that we take everything off of the body. Yeah. Because it's, it becomes difficult to differentiate between what is something which a person is mocked on, what's something that a person is not mocked on. The common shayla that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that Rabbanim get is uh, when they have this, uh, this gel nail polish, gets professionally put on and has to be professionally removed. So while it's on, so it's something which certainly is covering the nails. So that would be a chatzitza, but obviously women spend a lot of money to get those things on their nails. So it's something that they specifically want there and it's something they're not mocked it on. But if it gets chipped or something and it doesn't look nice anymore because it gets damaged, so then you have that stuff on there which they are mocked it on. In differentiating between at what point is considered to be something that they're mocked on because nobody would be seen with their nails looking like that in something which nobody's going to notice and nobody re- really cares anyways. So that becomes a very difficult line to be able to draw. And that's why we, uh, we try everything off of the body just to avoid any shilas which come up. But you're right. There are people who now, uh, who, uh, you know, uh, they, uh, they end up, their, their, um, their schedule of getting their nails done almost inevitably is like the week before they go to the mikvah. So, uh, you know, at least it's, it should be mostly intact when they go to the mikvah. But it, it, it's become a more common thing um, that, uh, that people end up going with, uh, you know, it's, uh, with, 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 uh, with nail stuff on. We actually see it all the time. 
You um, see it all the time and, over there. Yeah. And Rabbi First always says, like, if you would go to a wedding with your nails looking like that, then you could keep it on. And if you wouldn't go to that wedding because your nails are ick, you know, like you would have to get them done, then he says you have to take it off. Well, and, and in terms of Natila Yadayim, you know, people tell you to take off your ring, but everybody. Right, that's what wants, I was going to ask too. Everybody wants their ring on their hand, and the ring certainly doesn't cover a majority of your hands. So why does anybody have to take it off? Right. So the, the issue over there, I actually probably should have added the whole thing about the ring. Maybe that'll be part two of, uh, of washing is we'll address the ring is that um, the, the concern is that the, the definition of Makbid is something which has a, a very uh, it's an interesting topic in and of itself. And the ter- the, uh, the definition of Makbid doesn't necessarily mean that one is Makbid 24 seven. Makbid could also be something which uh, is an occasional capital, let's call it. So one of the criteria which they use is, is does a woman, usually talk about in terms of women, but does a woman take off her ring when she needs dough, can needs dough for the Dafyomi people. So if the, if her, uh, if a woman takes off her ring when she can needs doga, so then it's going to be something which uh, we consider that to be uh, something that, uh, that they're mocked on and therefore it, uh, we, it, it gets removed. But, but yes, that's a whole topic, uh, uh, a whole separate topic about the definition of tapeda. But you're right, we should do that at, the, at, at some point. So we definitely men, will, men, uh, men, okay. Men's rings? Men's rings, it's, it, we don't have that same criteria because it's probably less common that they're kneading dough. But, uh, but it could be that, it, that, it, that it's always on. Yeah, so if it's always on, it's okay? I mean, let, let's say you were, uh, you know, again, you'd have to measure it based on something that, uh, that would get your hands dirty. You know, would you keep it on if you're involved in uh, making mud pies? You know, you're, spe- you're spending the afternoon with, uh, with grandchildren making mud pies. So would you keep your ring on? You take your ring off? What exactly would you do at the, you know, for that? Okay, so that is the background. Now, so we're going to assume that we understand, we have a working definition of, uh, of, uh, of Mahmoud, even though we don't, but we're gonna pretend that we, uh, that we do. And so now we're going to jump in. So the first thing we need to see is, and this is I'm just putting this in also as somewhat of an introduction because it's going to come up later on. So Shulchan Aruch says, this is in Kuf Samach Aleph Siv Daud. So the question is, how much of your hand do you have to wash, right? If we're going to be, if we're talking about something covering the majority of the hand, so if, we're, if it's going to be the majority of the hand, you have to first define what's hand. I can only measure a majority once I know what the definition of hand is. So what's the definition of hand? So here, Shulchan Aruch says, Shir How much, right? It's, it's in the, the term itself, washing the hand. So hands, what is the definition of hands over there? It says that it's the entire hand until we're going to say it's the wrist, which leads into the forearm. So that's what we commonly do is it's going to be, we're going to call it the fingers as well as the palm. So all of that is part of the hand and all of that has to be washed. And majority is going to be the majority of what we call, what we would call the hand, hand and fingers. However, other people say, that it's not going to include the palm. It only goes as far as from the tips of the fingers to where the fingers connect to the palm, which is a complicated way of just saying, just your fingers. All you need to wash are your fingers. and You don't need to watch your palm per se. The Roy Linog, now, if, if Shulchan Aruch had stopped there, so as experienced Shulchan Aruch people, so you already know that this is an example of Stam Viesh, 
Shukhanach says, this is the halacha. And then he says, v'yei So the halacha really, we know anyways, is going to follow the stam opinion. But nonetheless, Shukhanach says, v'roi lino kidasa rishma. It's appropriate to go ahead and conduct yourself in accordance with the first opinion, which says you should be washing the entire hand all the way to the wrist. So it's not just fingertips like people do sometimes for my machronim. It's not even just going to be the fingers themselves. So when washing for bread, you want to make sure that when you're pouring onto your hand, that it covers your hand all the way until the wrist. That's the, uh, that, that's the part which is supposed to be covered. Now let's see the Mishabura just because we're here already. So let's see his Mishaburas. So what does it mean when he says it, when Shulchan Aruch says at the end that it's roi, it's appropriate to follow the first opinion and wash the entire hand? So Mishabura explains, so he says, now he tells us an important rule. He says, really, according to the letter of the law, according to the technical halacha, if one says, I'm going to be mako, and I'm, I'm in the mood to follow the lenient opinion and only wash my fingers, why would he have, you, so you, you would not protest against somebody who adopts a lenient position on this matter. Why? Because anytime there's any suffix about whether you have to do something by Nitila Sudaim or not. So the rule of thumb is by Nitila Sudaim, any suffix we're going to be Mako. You adopt a lenient position. Okay. But so even though technically a person could say, I'm going to be Mako and I'm going to wash my fingers, that means if you're standing in line by Shal Shudas or something or in a Simcha and you see somebody just wash their fingers, so there's no reason to tackle them and say, uh, you know, I'm not giving you bread until you go ahead and wash your entire hand. You could just let them be because they're going to adopt a lenient opinion. However, even though you're not going to tackle them for washing just their fingers, however, for you, who knows this halacha now, so you should be makbid, you should be careful to wash all the way until the wrist. And this is the common practice that people do, is commonly people are makbid to wash all the way to the wrist. And this sefer called Atzei Almogim, so he demonstrates that many Rishonim subscribe to this view, that you should wash all the way until the wrist. And therefore one should be very cautious against being lenient like that other opinion. And, okay. Now, but since he says, now what's important is, even though Shulchan Aruch is really uh, uh, advocates following the strict view that says that you should wash all the way until the wrist, but the very fact that Shulchan Aruch does bring down the lenient opinion, that also is significant. Why is that significant? So explains the Mishabura in the next Sifkat in Chavbeis. That's going to be one example. Let's say you live in an era when you don't have running water coming through the pipes. And you actually have to go out to a spring or a well or something like that. We've been talking about that in Dafyomi, where you're getting your water from. But you go out uh, somewhere and you have to bring in water. So it's at the end of the day, you gave the kids baths. You already uh, you made your, uh, your coffee for the night. And now you decide that you'd like to go ahead and wash and eat the, a late night dinner and you have very little water, not enough water to cover your entire hand. So do you have to forego eating the sandwich because you don't have enough water to go ahead and wash the entire hand? So Mishabura says, by virtue of the fact that Shulchan Aruch quoted the lenient opinion, which says it suffice just to wash to the end of the fingers, and you don't have to wash the palm. So in a Shasad Chak, where the water is a limited supply, 
So then you can rely on the lenient opinion and you can wash just until the end of the fingers. End of the fingers, again, we're measuring from the top of the fingers to the palm, the fingers to the palm, but you don't have to wash any of the palm. Okay, so that is the, with the, uh, the definition of yad and what needs to be, uh, what part of the yad needs to be washed, what the l'chatchila and what the b'diavid is. Okay, now let's get to bandages and casts and, uh, uh, and stuff of that sort. So here, you're going to see a fascinating thing, which is two sifim in Shulchan Aruch, which are essentially in direct contradiction to, of one another. And this is something which uh, just excites us as we, uh, as we study Shulchan Aruch. When you have, it's not even, it's like a, two different sections of, of Shulchan Aruch. They're relatively close to one another. And you have these two uh, very different rulings. So first one here you have in source four. So this is Kuf Samach Aleph, Sif Aleph. So it says as follows. It says... So first thing is, and this is following the, uh, what the, the introduction, is that when washing your hands, you got to look them over, got to visually examine your hands, make sure that there's nothing on your hands, which would constitute a chatzitza, which prevents the water from being able to reach your hands. Why? Because the rule is, is that anything on the skin, which would constitute a chatzitza, if you are immersing in the mikvah, if you have that same material on your hands when you want to wash for bread, it will be a chatzitza. It will mean that your washing was ineffective and you are essentially eating bread without washing first. All of those things. So what's an example of something, a chatzitza, they have to be careful to not have on your hand. Kagon, now, and we're jumping, uh, we're skipping some of the other ones. Kagon, one example is going to be a bandage on the hand. Here, Shulchan Aruch is very clear that a bandage on the hand is considered to be a chatzitza. It's considered to be this interposition between the, which prevents the water from being able to, uh, to get there. And therefore, it's going, to be, uh, it's going to be a problem. A bandage by them, I don't think that their, their bandages were like what we call a bandage. Theirs was probably more like a gauze. Probably wasn't even as good as a gauze. It was probably just a piece of, uh, you know, worn out cloth or something that you slap on some, uh, some aloe, which you grab from a plant, and then you just throw it on. But whatever it is, it's a bandage. We, all the posts can treat it as a bandage. But the bottom line is, this sift tells us very clearly that a bandage on the hand is going to be a chatzitza, and it has to, therefore, it has to be removed before you go ahead and wash. Okay? So if we stop over there, at kuf samach aleph, sif aleph, so we have the halacha perfectly clear. We know that a bandage is a chatzitza. Yivalu. Then we move on to the next simon. This is a, towards the end of the next simon in, in Saras 5. Kuf Samach Sif Yud. If a person has a wound or a cut on the hand, and you have a bandage covering that wound or that cut, no, you don't have to wash. You don't, it doesn't say that you have to remove the bandage. It says you could wash the rest of the hand other than the bandaged area. The rest of the hand outside of where the bandage is. So here it's saying, you're right. That the, I shouldn't say you're right. Here, Shulchan Aruch is saying that in the event that you have a bandage on your hand, just wash around it. So you go ahead and you're, you don't have to remove the bandage. Shulchan Aruch didn't say that in the second source. And he didn't say they have to try and like wash beneath it, get the water beneath the bandage or anything like that. He said, if you have a bandage on the hand, you'll wash the rest of the hand around the bandage. And the fact that the bandage is there is not going to be a problem. 
and you still get credit with having successfully washed your hands for bread. So as you can see, these two halachas are in direct contradiction. One, the first halacha in Kuf Samach Aleph, Sif Aleph, it refers to a bandage as a chatzitza. And if it's a chatzitza, that means that the washing is ineffective. And then in Kuf Samach Base, Sif Yud, Shulchan Aruch says, if you have a bandage on the end, just wash around it and forget it. Don't worry about the fact that the area beneath the bandage is not going to get washed. It doesn't make a difference. and You could just ignore it. Now, why, before we go ahead and we resolve these two halachas, so now part of what's going to be an interesting uh, um, idea over here is the rationale why it is that you're going to, uh, uh, why, according to the second source, you could just go ahead and ignore the bandaged part of the hand. And what you'll do is you'll just wash around it. So says the Mishabura, and he's going to, it's a spoiler alert for what's coming up in the next source, in source seven. But he says, Myri, we're talking about over here it. Myri, we're talking about over here is Sheni Hasir We're talking about a bandage which is covering a, a wound where it, it would be, you can't really remove the bandage because it would cause you pain. Now, pain is lavdavka, but it's something where you really can't go ahead and do it. Let's say you have stitches or something, or there's a significant risk for infection. So you can't go ahead and just take off the, uh, the bandage. It needs to be there. It needs to be covered. So, as we'll see in the Mishabura, that that's what we call source seven. But he says, we're talking about over here, a bandage which cannot be removed. And therefore, it's going to be sufficient to wash the rest of the hand around the bandaged area. Why? Ah, isn't that considered to be washing half your hand? You don't get credit for the mitzvah if you wash half the hand. You don't get half a mitzvah. Either you wash the entire hand or not. So how could you go ahead? How could, uh, how could we say that you're going to wash only half the hand? This is not considered where your hand is covered by a bandage, which would be painful to remove. It's not considered as if you're washing only half your hand and you don't get credit. Why? Now here's the lumbus. Being that it's not possible to go ahead and wash the second half of the hand, meaning the bandage part of the hand, because it's too painful to remove the bandage or it's cast and it's not possible to take it off the cast. So So here you got to go ahead and you've got to put on your halacha glasses. So halachically, we look at that covered area, that bandaged area, as if it's not part of your hand as if it's been removed, severed off of the hand, and it no longer exists. And therefore, for all intents and purposes, you're washing the entire hand, and our halacha glasses say that that part of the hand, which must be covered by the bandage, doesn't really exist. Nah, 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 I'm not listening, I'm not, or I'm not looking, I'm not looking, something along those lines. So that's what you're going to go ahead and you're going to do. We, we pretend uh, uh, with our, with our uh, the Superman glasses that you get at the back of the comic books. So you go ahead and you put that on and suddenly you cannot see that part of the hand which has the bandage on it, like Photoshop. And we'll just look at it as if it's an empty space and it's not a problem. And therefore you're washing the entire hand which is washable and that's all that you really need to do. So that's the lumbus. Yes, Safi. Couldn't we make the same or extend that a little further and just say, you know, maybe he doesn't have to wash the whole hand at all. Just ignore that the hand is there because it's got something on it and he has to wash the one good hand. If one part of it is gone, then the rest of it's gone also. Um, yeah, so the post do talk about 
whether or not the in, in a case where one hand can't be washed at all, um, uh, washing just the the other hand. What 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 to do in that case? We're not going to really discuss that so much. But yeah, I, they, they, I was actually thinking more in terms of because you have to change how you're going to wash this hand. Like instead of just dumping a you know a cup of water on it, you're you have to manipulate it and whatever. It's not no no longer the in the regular way of washing. Um, right, that's not the normal way that we we wash. I mean, you can still wash the rest of the hand. You know, if you've got something you know on the tip of your finger, you know, you got the yeah. I, I'm thinking more in terms of you know, I mean, it's saying like a whole finger. I mean, once your one finger is gone, I mean, you have to you, your middle finger is gone. Now you have to wash all around all the other fingers around it, or or could you say right, use right. the same argument to say the whole hand is gone? No, you should know. Just that finger is considered to be good. I guess, I guess the, the lumbus, which the Mishavura is saying from the rush, so uh, it is saying that we look at it, we don't discount the rest of the hand and say, since you can't wash the finger, so you're not going to get credit for washing any of the hand and just skip it. We say we look at the finger as if it's missing altogether, and the rest of the hand now still has the requirement to go ahead and wash it. That's the lumbus that he's saying. Now, the Chazanish disagrees with the rush. He doesn't understand where the rush is coming from, and he says in a case where you have a bandage on the hand that you cannot uh, that you cannot wash. Um, that uh, he says that you should just cover the entire hand. You should put on a glove or something like that, and you're not going to you end up washing none of the hand, but you'll just cover the entire hand. Uh, and he says that that's the better alternative in a circumstance where part or all of the hand can't be uh, can't be washed. Hmm. Okay, so now, but now let's go back to that uh, that other mishabura where he goes ahead and he points out. The, uh, the contradiction. So remember, we had two Sifim in Shulchan Arach, Kuf, uh, um, source four, Kuf Samach Aleph Aleph, we said that a bandage is a chatzitza. And then in source five, Kuf Samach Beis Yud, we said that in the event that you have a bandage on the hand, just wash around it. And then apparently the bandage is not a chatzitza, or it's a chatzitza, but you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to remove it in order to wash. So now, says the Mishabura, he explains. This now in source seven, Kuf Samach Aleph, Sif Katan Hey. He says after Mavur even though we say in that other source, source number five, that when you have a bandage on the hand, so you don't have to wash that area at all. Umitam, and the reason we gave was the being that you can't remove the bandage and therefore you can't wash that area. It's as if that finger was severed. And now you just wash whatever part of the hand remains. You only have to wash the remaining part of the hand. So now what's the difference? It says, Because over there, where we, we say that the bandage has to remain, and you don't remove the bandage, you just walk around it, that's a circumstance where you can't really remove the bandage, like a cast or something like that. So it's not really possible to take that off. And therefore, we don't have to be afraid that in the middle of the meal, the person whose, ha- whose hand is wounded will go ahead and will remove the bandage in the middle of the meal. And then it will turn out that that part of the hand was not washed. And now the bandage is no longer there. And now there's an unwashed part of the hand, which is touching the bread, which would be the problem. So in a case where a person is wearing a bandage, which they can't take off because it'll cause them pain to do so. Or in Ellen's case, where you're wearing a cast on the hand and it's not possible to take it off anyways. So in that case, we're not worried 
that anything bad will happen by not washing that area because we're confident that's going to remain covered. And then it, because if you were to remove it, viga babasa loflin, and then you would, if you were to, by the regular case of the bandage, where it's not going to be painful, so you may remove the bandage in the middle of the meal, and then your, uh, your skin will end up touching the food. That we're in, in a case in, in, in Kuf Samach Beis, we're not afraid of that. Why? Dekaivle. Because taking off the bandage would be painful. And since taking off the bandage is going to be painful, we're confident that you're not going to remove the bandage. So that's why over there, you just ignore it, pretend that it doesn't really exist, and you wash around it. But here we're talking about where you don't really have like stitches, something severe, or like a cast or something like that. You got a little paper cut, you know, like uh, your, uh, you know, your, uh, your seven-year-old, they get, or probably uh, like your four-year-old, that uh, they go ahead and they get a little thing and they say, oh, I need a Band-Aid. Whatever happens to them, they need a Band-Aid. Makes them feel, feel better. So Band-Aid in that case, where it's not really doing anything, and they may very well start playing with it during the meal, and they can take it off. So then, B'makam uh, so it's just there, Stam, and there's no pain to remove a ba- that bandage. And you could put, take off the bandage anytime you want, and it's not really going to be a big deal. So being that it's easily removable, and it's not going to cause you any pain to remove it. So Let's say sometimes you see people who have warts, they, they keep um, duct tape around the, the warts, this is, uh, I don't know if it actually works or not, but they keep duct tape around it. That's a way of uh, being able to treat the warts. So something like that. So there's no pain for them to remove it and they may constantly be playing with it. So you can't say that the duct tape around the wart is going to be something that you're able to just wash around and pretend that it doesn't really exist because it may turn out that you'll, uh, you'll look at the, uh, the duct tape, which is on your finger during the meal and say, oh, that's gross. You know how many uh, meals, uh, you know, meal crumbs are under there and you'll take it off and then it'll turn out that it's not really covered and your, that unwashed part of your finger is now touching the, is touching the food. So that we don't want to happen. That's why when it's easily removed, that's why we tell you to do so. Because you'll take off the bandage during the meal, and your flesh will end up touching the uh, food. And that's why in Kuf Samach Aleph, Sif Aleph, that's why that's the case that Shulchan Aruch is talking about when he says that you got to remove the bandage before you go ahead and wash your hands because the band-aid is a chatzitza. Because in such a case where you could remove it and it's not going to be a big deal to remove it. So then if you leave it there, that's when the bandage is considered to be a chatzitza. So we have what seemed like two contradictory sifim in Shulchan Aruch. One saying that a bandage is a chatzitza. One saying that, that if you have a bandage on, you don't have to remove it and you could just wash around it. It turns out that they're talking about two different circumstances. One circumstance talking about a bandage which is easily removed and it's not going to be painful or anything like that to remove. So there's a genuine concern that you'll take it off in the middle of the meal and end up touching your the food with the unwashed hand. And the other sif, Kuf Samach Sif Yud, is talking about where you went ahead and it's on a place which is um, uh, which it would be painful to go ahead and remove the bandage. And therefore, we're not afraid that you're going to remove the bandage in the middle of the meal. And therefore, you could ignore it and just wash around it. Okay, so that is, as far as, that's what the Mishabura provides, uh, for, uh, provides for us. Now, 
this is where we have two more sources left. One is the Shevet Alevi, and one is the Nishma Savram quoting of Shomel Zaman. So they both address different circumstances of what the, uh, what the uh, options are available in the event that one has a cast or one has a bandage which can't really be removed. So the first one really, I think from, uh, Ellen, do you want to hold up your hand again? So this is, so you're going to see, so this is going to address Ellen's circumstance where she has a cast, so it's not easily removed. And it goes up to, it doesn't, it goes, uh, it, it, it doesn't quite reach the point where her fingers reach her palm. So the, all of her fingers, at least the four fingers are all completely exposed. So that's what the Shevet Alevi over here in source eight goes at and addresses. He says, and this is where we go back to that original Mishabura about defining hand, whether hand is fingers and palm or whether hand is going to be just fingers. And the fact that L'Chatchila were makpi to go all the way to the wrist, but the Mishabura's example was when, when water is bitsimsum, when you have a limited supply of water, you could get away with washing just the, finger, just the fingers and not the palm. So now the, the Shevet Alevi is going to extend that to Ellen's case. And he says that Rabbi Shaffel? Yes, Bob. Um, when you're talking about the division between the fingers and the palm and so on, did, does the thumb have a separate significance in this or not? Um, uh, yes or no, anatomically or halachically? Well, halachically, I mean, um, I, I mean, uh, when yeah, you so, said, so, for example, it's a, it's sufficient to, to wash the fingers. Right. Is that is the thumb considered like more part of the palm or no? So you you go just you go up until over here, where the thumb connects to the palm. Uh -huh. So even though even though by the thumb that's the second knuckle rather than the third knuckle, right? So we are not count that. So I asked if we are asking halakhli or anatomically. So even though it's only the second knuckle by the thumb, but we look at all the fingers where they connect to the rest of the palm. So on Ellen's hand, I don't think her thumb is as exposed as the rest of the fingers. Thank you. Yeah. Could you see? Yeah. Oh, so you can see in there a little bit. Okay, good. So he says, so Shevet Alevi says, thank you. Atshashal, now we have a, a reason why this happened. <laughs> Atshashal, that which you asked. Somebody has got the, got the injured on both hands. The Yadav Chavushos at Pirke And the person has a cast all the way until their fingers, all the way up until, up until and including the palm. That's Boz Atzman Heim Belotich Boshes. But the fingers themselves are not covered by any bandage. The fingers themselves are not covered by any cast or anything like that. The fingers are exposed. So what does a person in that situation do when it comes to washing for bread? How are they supposed to wash for bread? You can't get, you can't get water into the, on, on the, the cast over there. You shouldn't get water on the cast. It smells horrid. So he says, <laughs> so he writes, Pasha Be'enai. So he says, it's obvious in my eyes. It's simple in my eyes. He says, in such a case, you rely on the lenient opinion at the end of Simon Kuf Samach Aleph, who says, who says that technically you could get away with washing your hands, just the fingers and not the palm at all. So since there is that opinion which says that that is going to, that 
you, that's considered to be a valid washing of the hands. So when you have no alternative, you have no alternative and you rely on that opinion. And he says it's better to rely on that opinion, which says that just washing the fingers will suffice without washing the palms. He says it's better that than to go ahead and to wear gloves or wrap your hands entirely with saran wrap and not even wash the fingers. So given the choice between wearing a complete covering around the hand so that none of your hand is washed or washing just the fingers without the palms. So the Shevet Alevi says better to wash the fingers without the palms than to go ahead and wrap the entire hand in saran wrap or something like that and eat the meal without washing your hands altogether. So that is the way the Shevet Alevi goes at. That's what he advises for a person whose hands are, are covered in something all the way, which covers the palm as well, but not the, uh, not the fingers. So that is one. And then you have the Nishmas Avram. The Nishmas Avram is Dr. Avram, Sofer Avram. He was one of the, uh, he had a very close relationship with many of the, uh, many of the, uh, the great postgame in Yerushalayim. He was a doctor in Shari Tzedek and he had a very close relationship. And he wrote extensively. He wrote, uh, initially it was six volumes on uh, uh, medical related things in Shulchan Aruch. And then he went ahead and he put out a second version of it, an expanded uh, version of it. So he says over here, so this is, this one that I just put the, the name of it over here. The halacha of patients and doctors and healing medicine according to the four sections of Shulchan Aruch. Okay, so now he writes as follows. He says, So he says, Roshom Zaman told me, Even if most of the hand is covered with a, a, a bandage, an elastic, a cast, or something like that, He says, if you have no alternative, so you wash the part of the hand which is exposed, and that's the best that you could do. You can't, uh, can't do much more than that. Based on the Mishabrua following Shulchan uh, in the rush. So it says, because the part which is covered by the bandage or by the cast, which cannot be removed because it would be too painful to remove it. So that is as if it doesn't exist. And this is a leniency which applies specifically by washing hands which doesn't apply by immersing. And that is that if the, in the event that the bandage cannot be removed, so we look at that part which is covered by the bandage as if it's not really part of the hand at this, at this moment. And therefore there's no obligation to go ahead and wash it. Then he says, let's say there's a circumstance where the hand is completely covered. You can't go ahead and wash any part of the hand at all. Let's say Rahman al-Islam, a person, uh, you know, burned their entire hand, you know, boiling water or something spilled on the entire hand. So they can't, it's completely covered. Because it's completely covered with some sort of bandage or whatever it is. Or let's say a person has some sort of medical condition where the doctor says that you can't let your hand get wet, whatever the, uh, that, that case would be. So in this second case where you can't wash any of the hand. So then, yubash kefafa. That's when you would go ahead and you would put on mittens or you put on gloves or something like that. And then once you go ahead and you're going to be covering the entire hand anyways because you can't wash the hand, then vaz enotzar lito rakayana bria. 
So then that hand, which is, uh, which is uh, injured, so that you don't wash it all. And all you end up doing is you wash the hand, the healthy hand, and that's the best that you're going to be able to do in that case. So you wash one hand, the other hand just gets, uh, gets wrapped in the saran wrap or something like that, and you'll eat in that, uh, in that way. And in that circumstance, you'd still be able to say the bracha of al-Nitiyah Shaddai, because at least you're still washing one of your hands. If both of your hands are covered, if there's no water, let's say, or you have bandages on both hands, you're not going to be able to wash either hand. So then you don't say al-Nitiyah Shaddai, obviously, because you're not doing the, uh, the mitzvah. But over here, where at least you're doing it in part, so you can kill go. You can still get away with uh, with saying the uh, with saying the bracha. So do you say on the last yad if you're only yeah, doing you, one? Yeah, I think you still say yadaim. It's okay. not like tefilas kalim where we change it from singular to plural depending on uh, what what you what you're immersing. Here, I think no matter what you say both. Thank you for that question, though. I appreciate that. Okay, so that's uh, that's the guidance, Alan, for uh, for washing, uh, as long as the uh, the cast remains uh, uh, remains. All righty. Rabbi Schaffel. Yes. Yes, Bob? No, I was just saying thank you. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. it's, it's good to hear that I was doing it correctly. So that, that's a yeah. good thing. <laughs> <laughs>